All right, all right. Welcome everybody to the City Image Podcast. Mm. This is Daniel the Creator mm. here with these guys. Why don't you go the most illustrious them? Daniel the oh, Creator? Oh by my the way. gosh, yeah. he's trying to be humble. I know, guys. Stop with the humility. Thank man. you. Appreciate it. Live a little. Over to my left, across the table. <laughs> <laughs> Just picture that in your minds, guys. Rich. What up? What up? <laughs> Rich, aka. Young Flatbush in the building. That's what's up. Holding it down. That's you know what I'm saying? As you Doing what I do. Pulling up my socks. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Flatbush style. Record. It's Word. different. I love the pictures that we're giving people to think Word. of today. Mm. We got to do that. It's audio. Got yeah. paint pictures. Mm. With my voice. That's always so sexy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. All right. And to my right. Mm. Brian, go ahead and introduce yourself. <laughs> okay, <laughs> fine. Um, I'm Bryant Jamal Parsons, otherwise hey. known as Bryant the Theological Giant. Most popularly known that way. <laughs> I like Jamal, though. Yeah, Jamal. So my full name means strong, handsome preacher. Hey. hey. That's prophetic. That's prophetic. Yes, <laughs> really. So I'm glad to be here. Oh. <laughs> glad to be here with you guys again. <laughs> Yo, all right. So we got a few things to hit you guys off with. Okay, we're ready. Questions, questions. So, what are you guys thinking about Wonder Woman? It's coming out. Ooh, yo, I'm super excited. Mostly <laughs> because I feel like DC can't do worse. That right? is true. This is true. Can't do worse than you did, right? You got tons of let's call it feedback. Right? Yeah, from, from Batman, Superman. Although, you know, I was a big fan of the extended cut. Um, I still feel like DC can do a great job. I have, unfortunately, um, betrayed my rules of not re- reading reviews mm. and all that. I have checked out a few reviews from Wonder Woman, and all of them seem like it's pretty good. So, okay, that's what's up. I'm coming into this weekend pretty <laughs> hype. Um, I really hope that this is um, DC's kind of a phoenix moment, you know, yeah. rise from the ashes. Okay, that's what's up. So yeah, I think yeah. if this flops, there is I don't know if there's any coming. There's back. no coming back. There, there is no coming back. Yeah, I mean, there's folk, there's hardcore DC fans that will rock with it anyway. Right. So I mean, I'm just like, no expectations, man. Um, I, I think if Christopher Nolan isn't directing a <laughs> DC movie, I really don't have any high expectations for it. But I'm gonna see it, man, just because it's Wonder Woman. Like, I. I just have to see a Wonder Woman movie. I agree. You know, so I don't have any high expectations for it, but yeah, you I know, mean, the, I'm gonna the, go the, check it out. The music is amazing. Oh, that <laughs> her theme. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> yo, I could be coming out the shower. I feel like I'm the man. <laughs> yeah, when that joint. Comes that's good. Around. That's good. That's, that's my good. new theme. All right, guys. So uh, real quick, basketball finals, <laughs> epic re rematch. Who you got? Um, if I'm if I'm honest, man, I really think the Warriors got this. I'm gonna say Warriors in six. Mm. Um, I think LeBron James is fantastic. You know, definitely the best basketball player in the league and has been for years. Um, but I think with the addition of Kevin Durant, I just I, I when he signed with them, I was just like, okay, this is gonna make it impossible for anybody to win. Um, and yeah, I, I just think that they're gonna, 
you know, handle business. I do think the Cavs will get at least two, but um, I think the Warriors got it in six. Yeah, I mean, that's my prediction as well, Warriors in six. Um, I think that the addition of Kevin Durant will be too much. I mean, I think you had times uh, last year in the playoffs where you saw Steph and Clay kind of get cold mm-hmm. and that, you know, gave teams opportunities, but you're not going to have a time where you see Steph, Clay, and Kevin Durant cold. Some one of those guys are going to be hitting their shots, and when they're hitting their shots, they're going to be offensively potent. And at any moment, any of those guys could spark up and get really hot. Um, and I think Kevin Durant is hungry, man. He has been in the finals for a long time. He's really thinking about his legacy. So he's really going to play really hard, man. Um, but LeBron James will simply will into existence one or two games. Like, yeah. he just will not. He, everyone's right. talking about, oh, Cavs are going to get swept or whatever. They're not going to get swept. Not. Definitely like, not. <laughs> that's not going to happen. And you never know. They might push it to a game seven as surprise. Yeah, that wouldn't shock me. It, it, right. It's a possibility. But I think if the Warriors go to game seven, I actually might pick the Cavs just because I think the Cavs will have such a high level of momentum. They're going to remember last year. Kyrie is always so deadly in those moments. Um, big clutch shooter. And so the Warriors don't really want to have a game seven with the Cavs. So I feel like they have to end it in six. But it will go to six just because of Le- LeBron James just right. sheer will to win. Will They, they will not go out easily. Just won't happen. Yeah, I definitely agree with you guys. I mean, yeah, LeBron, the the command that he has just over the East is ridiculous. But I think, um, you know, the Warriors, uh, even just their starting teams, like, they're all amazing. And, you know what I'm saying? They yeah. all have the potential. Like, even last year when Curry, you know, was cold and, and messing up in all types of ways, the rest of the team kind of carried him through, yeah. you know? <laughs> And so I, f- I feel like it's going to be the same. Yeah, I mean, we, 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 we sometimes don't talk about Draymond. We don't talk about right. Iguodala. But those guys in of their own yeah. side, like if they were on their another team, they'd be stars. Exactly. Absolutely. Iguodala was Philadelphia for such a long time. Like, so, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so the whole team together, I think they have a better team. And I think they work well together. The yeah. only thing I think is, like, you notice when the Warriors are out mentally, like it's hard to come back for them. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Whereas... Um, and the Cavs, when they're out mentally, LeBron himself has the power to kind of bring them back. Yeah. And so that would be only the only thing for me is if they can keep up the momentum, the Warriors, yeah. then um, they're good. Yeah. Did y'all hear about um, Paul Pierce? He said he compared uh, KD going to the Warriors as the kid who got beat up by the bullies joining the bullies. <laughs> I thought yeah. that was hilarious. I mean, everybody has oh, had their, man. you know, but their commentary on that honestly, since last year. Honestly, man, I think that's the type of stuff that's going to fuel KD. True, I, true. I, I don't even think he's going to be comfortable with just winning the title. He's going to want to be the best team on the Warriors. He's going to want to show people, I'm the reason we're winning this title right now. Ooh, so I really yeah. think you're going to see a KD that rises to the challenge and mm-hmm. that's not good for the cats that'll be exciting mm. so good so good and so guys you know as you know as we all know here at city image father day mm. is coming up not father's day father day father day <laughs> father day <laughs> as i call it daddy day mm. daddy day aka the forgotten holiday <laughs> forgotten holiday <laughs> uh, the holiday that should not be named oh, um, man. so what do, what do you guys you know Father's Day, how how do you guys think about gifts for fathers? What what would be the top gifts you think 
A black tie. A black no, tie. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Bryant. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on, man. Uh, cologne. No? Okay, I'm sorry. A itchy sweater. You're itchy no? sweater. <laughs> you know. Oh, Golly. man. Don't I, mind me. I'm m- sorry. Maybe, you know, it's almost. What are the. You feel that tension when we talk about Father's Day because it makes you think about oh, your own my dad. Oh, gosh. And it makes you think about my singleness. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mourn Ladies, on these days. Brian is still single <laughs> hey. and ready to mingle. Hey, sign my DMs. And have a baby, actually, because he wants to be a dad. <laughs> I do. I now have the financial and su- supportive family. Hey. Single <laughs> and his wallet's <wild> fat. <laughs> Christian Mingle, City Image. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. But I'll say this, man. Look, as a dad, um, like, this is going to be my fourth Father's Day. And, um, I actually haven't been the recipient of bad gifts. I have been the giver of one, though. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I don't know why it's so hard. I think, um, you know, obviously socks, cologne, sweaters, tie, tie <laughs> clips, wallets um, are the standard fare. And That's... I think every dad has too many of those. But <laughs> I would just encourage people like, man, like, you know, your dad. Um, don't go for usefulness. Mm-hmm. I think for moms, sometimes that might be OK, but. Listen, like, let's really think about something your dad is going to enjoy. Think about the things that he likes to do or the things he complains he doesn't get the time to do. Those are really the best gifts, man. Just Mm -hmm. something that, you know, that he can enjoy outside of the other 364 days when he's not able Mm -hmm. to um, to give in that way or just to live in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, So if your dad's hobbies are, you know, being in the garage or he likes fishing or he's more like a ball game kind of guy. Those are some really good gifts because it allows him to <clears throat> unashamedly, because a lot of times, you know, we're so concerned about spending our money correctly and making sure that everyone else is taken care of that, um, you know, we, we sacrifice that self-care or that, you know, time to just kind of unwind. Mm. And so, I, mm. you know, I think those make great gifts. Yeah, I know for me, you know, my dad is super low maintenance. And so... You know, even if I attempted to get him some something high tech, he wouldn't even know how to use it. <laughs> um, and I would have to spend hours trying to show him, and he would end up not using it anyway. Um, yeah. But he, I know he values like experiences, and so yeah, yeah. you know, a ball game for my my dad with me and my brother would mm-hmm. be something that he would enjoy far more than anything. That's key, man. Like, don't just give gifts. Give gifts that include yourself, like mm-hmm. your presence, because yeah. that's something that. Any parent um, is going to cherish. I know for my mom, like, she loves gifts, but if I included, you know, myself in the gift, like dinner with us, it just means so much more. And so, yeah, I would agree, man. Time with your kid, um, especially if you don't live with them anymore, that's major key. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you guys, man. I'm trying not to be in a sunken place on Father's Day. (laughs) (laughs) Ah. And if you don't have a dad, I'm a dad. Feel free to send your gifts to me. So, <laughs> there you go. Hey. All right, Rich, I'm sending you gifts. <laughs> All right. Um, trying to get each other out of the sunken place now. Um, City Image will be back, and we're going to be talking about community. Mm. What's a, you know, what does that mean biblically? How does it play itself out in the urban context? And, and what do we do as a, as a church, as a people of God, to help mm. foster community? City Image, be right back. City Image is the best. All right, all right. City Image, back in the building. Mm. 
what up though mm. all right guys so now we're, we're getting to this topic of community and um you know we want to lay a biblical framework for community but before we even get into that um what do you, what are some personal experiences you guys have with community you know maybe good or bad what 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 do you guys have to say about that yeah man um i community is everything for mm. me um it's good it is obviously um community doesn't save us right so i always must <laughs> say everything i want to clarify that but right. in terms of walking out the gospel man community is so unbelievably essential and has been essential for my life um i'll i'll just give just my history growing up i mean a lot of people have experienced a ton of church hurt and that's why they shun from community and i've experienced church hurt as well but um i didn't really have friends until i became a christian Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i had people i talked to i had people that you know Maybe I've sit down and play video games with or whatever. So if you, you know, look at that as community. But in terms of like real people that know me and I know them, that didn't happen until I became a Christian. Um, my definition of friendship was, you know, you talk to your guy friends, you made fun of each other, um, you, you know, maybe got into play fights and... <laughs> that was it like there was no hey how are you yeah mm-hmm. like for real for real mm-hmm. <laughs> um and um how can i assist you in conforming to the image of christ that didn't exist i mean of course you know when i use the term image of christ i mean how can i help you become a better man right even right. if you want to think about that in a mm-hmm. purely secular way um before i became a christian it was just about who can I get along with and not like want to stab? You know, <laughs> like that's kind of like my, you know, <laughs> friendship. Yeah. That, that, that's my friendship. That's my definition of friendship. Um, so when I got introduced to the Christian community, first, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, the first person that kind of introduced me to the faith, God bless his soul. But, you know, uh, as a man, he... I didn't know he was trying to kind of like introduce me to faith, but he wanted to just kind of meet me time to time and like have dinner with me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, why does he want to like talk to me? Is he, <laughs> is he gay? Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, and, and I mean, I don't say that to be disrespectful towards gay people or anything like that, but the idea of another man really caring about another man only existed within the context of homosexual relationships for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, when I began to understand that this is how Christians operated, that there was a group of people out there who would actually love me for me, would, you know, call me out of my flaws, but still accept me no matter what, um, love me with the love of God, um, and really just push me to be the best man I could be, that was just shocking to me. Um, that there were women around me that that I was just not going to be content with um, sort of viewing them as potential mm-hmm. objects, but like sisters, right? you know, people who would pray for me, uphold me, 
you know, um, just it, it blew my mind because the way that I viewed him before that was, all right, which one of you can I possibly sleep with? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And so yep. this, so community radically wrecked the way I viewed relationships and is continuing to do just that. I mean, I'm continuing to be amazed by the blessings that come with being around people who love you. So mm. community right for me growing up was uh or even just when i became a christian for the first like five years was like a unicorn hmm. you know what i'm saying it's one of those things that you hear talk about and describe yeah and especially in um you know the urban context um like i never saw or experienced um you know until really finding um you know the bridge and um others uh, kind of like similar churches where community was not yeah. just emphasized but um displayed and the importance of that man has just showed dividends in my own personal growth. Um, it has been, you know, amazing. You know, just you know, going through the hardest times of my life and having people there who uh, care for me, um, who are there to pray for me, who are there just to just to be there. Yeah, you know, ha- has been um, just transformative in in not only that but displaying God's love toward me. Mm. And so, um, yeah. for me, that has been just amazingly transformative. Yeah, man. For me, you know, it's interesting. A lot of, um, a lot of people. I just hear their stories. It's just like, man, I was just in situations and I didn't have community, and you know, now I do. Uh, my story is a little different. I never really valued community. Um, I was always somebody who had a very, very small circle of friends. When I say small, I mean like one or two. Mm-hmm. Um, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed every bit of being by myself and alone and. Um, I just, you know, would see people in groups and, you know, at time to time I would engage in conversation or activities with them, but I was always counting down to when I could be alone again. Mm. And that's just, um, you know, how I grew up and I I liked it. It wasn't like, um, you know, I remember being in church and a lot of the kids my age were like, man, I'm praying for like more Christian friends. And I was just like, I'm good. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And I just, um, just kind of kept, uh, and really my transformation is God, um, revealing to me everything that I was missing by not having community. And I had to learn the value of even just having people in my circles or just sharing with people, hearing from people. Um, and that has been a radical shift for me. And now it's funny. I can't see myself at this point outside of community. I'm a huge community person now, you know, I preach on it. I speak like, it is it is life giving for me now, and just thinking back to how I grew up, like I don't understand how I was alone so often. But hmm. now, you know, as just a, a much more mature person, you know, I can see how somebody would um, not see the value in community, and I really consider it my job, um, my duty to share the beauty that it is, especially in Christian community. You're just like, man, you are not you are not created to be alone you actually yeah. go against your own design when you're isolated yeah and so um yeah that's really the message that i that i um, tend to speak about a lot and um and and share with people because it just radically changed my whole outlook on life especially my christianity i thought everything was about my vertical relationship with god mm-hmm. and it was just how how good of a soldier i was being or how good uh, a son i was being but not about my brotherhood or my right. you know my <clears throat> um my shepherding at all it was just man other people are dope 
and they're cool, but everything is hinged on just me and God, me and God in the room, you know, mm-hmm. just worshiping. Like yeah. that's real Christianity, and it's just not. And so, um, yeah, man, that's really been my experience. Yeah, and you know, it's crazy you say that because a lot of times, even in like where I was in in the sort of negative um, ex- uh, community experiences, it was like. Uh, other people were almost like seen as potential hindrances to like my relationship with God Mm -hmm. or not just hindrances, but like enemies almost. And, um, you know, even me myself, um, being so introverted and, and even shy, it was like, man, I I really don't want to be around that many people, very small circle of friends, didn't see the need. Mm -hmm. Um, and really experiencing a, a community. And ultimately I think that came from like a fear right for people to actually know me and to Ooh, know me intimately um because i you know i have this fear that when people actually know me for who i am that they won't want to be around me anymore mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so um yeah so for me that was huge um in um you know really being around people who um are are kind of drawn to you um beyond just their desire to be with you for like affinity purposes so it's like they're it's beyond just we have common interests. It's almost like there's something else that are kind of tying us together. Um, you know, a care that goes beyond just uh, we like to sit, we like sports or we like video games or whatever it is, you know? Yeah. Yeah, man. Just, I just want to make a point, man. Just mm-hmm. on your point, uh, Young Flatbush, about uh, us being wired for relationships. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is going against your own nature yep. to. Um, bug up against community we were one made for relationship with God yeah. right um, but then made for relationships horizontally with, with people mm-hmm. um, and created in the image of God man you see that there is unity among the triunity like there is one God manifesting um, just uh, in three persons and so they enjoy each other and mutually um uh, having a love and affection for each other mm. and we you know not exactly in the same way right um, mimic that uh, desire and that um, the sense of love and fulfillment um, that we get from being with each other is is something that's essential to us if we don't get that there's a, a starvation that mm-hmm. happens in our in our humanity um, and if you think you're living life well by yourself, trust me, it could get a whole lot better if you yes. would yeah. implant yourself in a healthy community. Exactly. That is um, key. Healthy community. Because, I mean, obviously because of the fall, community has become corrupted. Uh, but God is redeeming people and he has redeemed community. Um, so find a healthy community and trust me, you will see the benefits of it. Mm. Yeah, you know, I hear you guys talking about, you know, yeah, it's so important, and even me with my story, like how integral it's been um, for me and my growth. But what where do we stand as far? What does the Bible say? You know, what's the foundation biblically for community? Yeah, man, uh, I'm just gonna pull out one text. There's so many texts mm-hmm. that you could draw from um, talking right. about the importance of community. Um, but one one of my personal favorites, I love First Corinthians 12. Um, and so Paul, in the context of wanting to talk about spiritual gifts, um, obviously he's talking to the Corinthians here, and the Corinthians are um, just having a lot of controversy surrounding spiritual gifts. And, you know, Paul is wanting to kind of um, reorient their priorities with how they experience these gifts and wanting to just have them recognize that um, fundamentally they need love 
um, that kind of binds all these gifts together, but they also can't uh, say that another gift is not necessary or someone else is not as important to the body. So Paul, you know, wanting to just emphasize uh, the unity uh, among the one body. And so, you know, he's, he says that, you know, they're all, they've all been baptized um, into this one body in First Corinthians chapter 13. Uh, for in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. Right. And so he begins to talk about us just having, you know, from this spirit, uh, many different spiritual gifts. He talks about and, and he, of course, keeping with the analogy of the body, he talks about one person being an eye, one person being an arm, you know, one person being an ear and, you know, all these different body parts. And essentially saying like one person can't say, you know. I don't need the ear or I don't need the eye. And he's like, okay, well, yeah. you don't have the, if you don't have the eye, how can you see? And mm-hmm. so he's essentially saying like, you guys need each other deeply to function well. Mm-hmm. We've all been baptized into this body of Christ. And, you know, in order for you guys to grow into maturity, when he gets to the end of that chapter, he talks about the, you know, very spiritual gifts that's been given, you know, apostles, teachers, um, gifts of healing, administration. Um, and and his whole point is that this is being given and he gives he makes his point in other passages as well. The Holy Spirit giving these gifts to Christians to help with the building up of the body, the 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 bringing uh, every Christian from immaturity into maturity in every possible way, yeah. and that cannot happen outside of the body. So when you separate yourself from the body, you are cutting off your own sanctification, cutting off your um, growth into the image of Christ. And so we have to come to this understanding where community is not an option. Uh, it is not something that, you know, I can turn on and off, right. you know, whether I like I, you know, vanilla or chocolate, you know, community, no community, no. No, it's like, <laughs> no, something happened when you became a Christian. Mm. You were baptized into the body. And other Christians were as well. And God intends for these various giftings that he's giving uh, through the Holy Spirit's work in us to be operating in a way where we're mutually encouraging each other, um, mutually loving for each other, providing for each other, sharpening one another, and that only happens in the community. Mm. So good. And um, just even that point that, you know, we're baptized into one body, and oftentimes this, this, this kind of Christian relationship is very binary, like us and God, very mm-hmm. vertical. Yeah. Um, but we don't realize that if we're baptized, you know, into the body, that the, the relationship is not just vertical. I have a father now, but my father has other children too. Yeah, right. Right, and so therefore, I have brothers and sisters that that That's are right. important and integral to my life. That's right. Yeah, and so just really quick, I just also wanted to share a scripture, something that's really important to me, um, especially just as Danny and Brian just shared, like, um, you know, not wanting things to just simply be a vertical relationship but valuing the horizontal as well you know as we look at the early church in acts chapter 2 verse 42 said that they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and the fellowship right so fellowshipping with one another being with one another it also says to the breaking of bread and the prayers so we see like man there are times when they are in deep uh 
you know, what we would consider spiritual formation, but then there are times where they're just eating together, they're just mm-hmm. chilling. Mm-hmm. And it goes further down. Um, it said day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. So you see that there are actually two different locations. Sometimes they're in church, sometimes they're just chilling at the crib. And so yeah. um, it's just beautiful pictures of the early church community. And it's something that we really need to emulate. Um, many times community is seen as just a Sunday experience. And if that's all you have, then you are not really experiencing community. Mm, Um, Community is seven days a week, 365 days a year. um, As you are just spending time with people, right? Friendships, deep Mm -hmm. friendships, um, mentorships, brotherhood, sisterhood, all of that should be experienced in the community. It can't just be, Hey, we show up for an hour and a half and then we go home. Facts. Yeah. And honestly, like um, I've heard it, um, kind of even explained as in the context of like small groups so like our church has small groups mm-hmm. um but even that those are not necessarily community in and of itself they're vehicles for community correct the community is actually what takes place when people get together and live life together yeah man like community you know just even thinking about that passage and again even in acts four uh, you get a similar passage where it talks about all of them just kind of providing for one another. Mm-hmm. Um, there should be such a there should be a sense in which, man, like if you go missing, people should be asking questions. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, Absolutely. I, you know, you should be so involved with people around you that it should not be the case that you disappear off the map and nobody knows. And it burdens me that there are people living their lives like that. Mm-hmm. You know, God forbid something happens, or even if something doesn't, something terrible doesn't happen to them, you know, um, like they themselves are going through so many issues and no one knows. I mean, obviously, you're, you don't tell everybody everything, but it should be the case that you have people around you that they know you so well that you're just not bearing your burdens alone. You're, you know, the scripture tells us to bear one another's burdens. Um, so I, I want it to be, look, if I go missing, I'm coming for you, bro. Somebody got to be like, yo, what happened to this dude? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? C- folks is coming to my, my crib, knocking on the door. Like mm-hmm. what's, where you at? Like mm-hmm. what's happening? You know what I mean? Like put an APB out on this dude where he yeah. at. So, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, even off of that, what do you guys feel like are the barriers even specifically within the urban context, mm-hmm. um, for community? Well, you know, just hearing what Brian just said, automatically, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of some people who would hear that and be terrified. Like, yo, I I stopped coming and somebody come looking for me. I'm definitely not trying to be in that situation. And I just know, especially in the urban context, like there's just like this arm's distance Mm -hmm. that we tend to want to have with people. Like there's this comment saying like, yeah, I don't want people all up in my business. Right. And it's Mm -hmm. just like, well you're not really experiencing true relationship until people are in your business. Right. right? Mm-hmm. And so um, you are protecting yourself, so to speak from them, you know, preventing them from getting in, but you're also preventing any kind of real love, any kind of real intimacy to be established between you and the other person as well. That wall works both ways. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I know that terrifies people. And I think that's why community sometimes can be, difficult in the urban context because um they're all cool with meeting up um in church but once once it's like hey i want to come to your house or hey you know <laughs> any kind of more intimate space it's right. like whoa, whoa 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 this is this is my domain right yeah. <laughs> we could do church together but this is my life and I, you are not invited into that life um 
And it's just sad. You know, it's sad because that's the place where we're experiencing anxiety, depression, you know, where we're 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 crying secretly in our rooms and yeah. and pleading with God um, for various things. And that's the same place that we are failing to invite people into because we're terrified um, of them seeing it, right? Seeing the real us and and, and choosing to reject us because of it. Mm. Yeah. Man, I know for me, man, like as I think about this question, man, um, I, I I think about my expectations that I put on community coming from, you know, uh, some of my brokenness, man. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, fatherlessness being, you know, an issue. I mean, you know, shout out to the dads in the urban community doing their thing, yeah. you know, um, right. they, they, def- they definitely exist. Um, but there, there are, you know, a lot of young black men. Like myself, um, you know, for me, just my my personal history, man, like never having met my father Mm. um, and just even just the hurt that that comes with that, Mm. you know, um, bringing that into community, man, and looking for looking for people to father me, man, looking for individuals to mentor me. Um, you know, even this past week, man, hearing about one of my mentors that passed away um, and that kind of reawakening just a lot of uh wounds man that you know weren't healed from fatherlessness or feelings of like wanting to wish i had like personal mentors more in my life um and i and i can just imagine man like just a a lot of young dudes man black men like me um I don't know, either A, kind of just not seeing the purpose. Sometimes you walk into these churches, shout out to the ladies, man, but it's just a lot of ladies in there. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know what I mean? And they go into the, they go into the church and they're like, where the dudes at? I can't really relate. You know, um, they don't see powerful male images. And I know we've been talking about Hebrew Israelites past couple episodes, but yeah. the image of the strong black man mm-hmm. that you see from some of these cults, whether it's Nature of Islam, uh, Hebrew Israelites, uh, five percenters, um, that can be really attractive to urban people. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. sometimes you go into a church and it's like, you're not seeing that, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, and then, so it's either A, you're not seeing it and you don't want to be a part of it because of that, or you go in and you see black men. So for me, it's like, I've been blessed to be in churches where I've seen a lot of dudes mm. you know I'm thankful for where yeah. I'm at right now British Church where yeah. there's a sizable amount of men there oh yeah you know mm. um, but then you come in with these kind of like, these expectations like you know who's gonna replace my dad right you know what I mean right. which gonna, one of you is gonna, gonna be my daddy which one of you is gonna be my daddy yeah. um where it's like so I don't think it's wrong to have a mentor I don't think it's wrong to want one I just wish we all you know, and I don't, let me let me rephrase that because it's not all, but I, I I just wish many of us weren't coming to the table so starved for this, yeah, yeah. as as I think a lot of us are. Mm-hmm. So, mm. yeah, yeah. I'll say something else, man. Another one that was certainly a barrier for me was just that, like you know, someone um, you know who is a minority being in the workplace. Um, You know, I did 10 years in IT before, you know, committing to full time ministry. And I just remember constantly being in environments where I might be the only black guy, you know, in a particular room or office Mm -hmm. space. And um, I just feel I just remember feeling the weight of performance and just having to perform even past my, you know, uh, white counterparts like Mm -hmm. that I had to do more than them 
just to be considered equal mm. and um it just drove me to have to like maintain my image right i didn't want to come off too black in a sense um mm. because i knew that wouldn't be valued and i and i know that i was bringing that into community as well that some of my um some of my initial um obstacles to really um just showcasing vulnerability was because i spent all these hours years and years of making sure that you didn't see my weaknesses to now have to come into a space where people are asking me to vomit you know my my innermost feelings or my weaknesses or Mm. places where i struggle was really hard for me and so um you know, it is very difficult for people um, who are minorities or, you know, people in the urban context to um, just be used to pulling that mask off. Right. Mm. Shout out to future. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, mask it's just on. very, very hard to, to kind of turn that off and say, hey, in this moment, I'm going to be vulnerable, mm. even though. Every other time my day, I have to make sure that I don't show any of this. Right. I have to wow. make sure that things are not. Um, that everything's okay. I have to put mm-hmm. off that facade. Wow. Yeah, that's huge. So for us now, we're on the other side, right? And so those are things that we dealt with. Now, what do you feel like are maybe misconceptions that other people have that they're kind of coming in with along the same lines of just uh, worrying about being vulnerable? What are what do you think are misconceptions that other people have about community? I think one thing that people have is like, so again, coming from this this kind of place where people uh, are worried about sort of vulnerability and transparency and um and so they come in and they see a bunch of people kind of sharing you know together the very depths of like mm-hmm. their hearts and their hurts and um and even begin to feel like it's almost cultish you know mm-hmm. like what do you mean community like i got to be around people for what like mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying you know who does that cults do that <laughs> <laughs> they um, do they do <laughs> so do teams clubs <laughs> facts you know what I'm saying, and um, yeah. So, I, and ultimately, I believe it's just the the issue of trying to be vulnerable in front of people. Yeah, man. I know for me, uh, one thing I <laughs> I think I had, I briefly. I mean, when I first came to the fair, I mean, but I think I came out of that immediately when I realized what I was dealing with. But I really thought, man, community was gonna be my savior. Like, yeah, like I was just gonna be sort of like, oh man. These are like Jesus Christ incarnate people I'm going to be hanging out with. This is going to be my rescue from this horrible, terrible world that I'm living in. And then I realized, wow, Christians are some broken people. Yeah. Like, yes. they just are, like, honest about it and, like, trying to be less broken. Yeah. But. Mm-hmm. That's it, man. <laughs> um, and so, for me, I think a lot of people have misconceptions that keep them from community. But I certainly had misconceptions. As I was super eager to just now be in it and, like, experiencing this whole Christian thing and my mind being woken up, you know, I began to really have these Again, kind of going back to my point before, these expectations of community, these misconceptions. And I realized, look, this the church are the church is just a group of people who have repented of their sin. They're filled with the Holy Spirit. Yes, they're being sanctified. So they're they're not going to be the same people they were when they first became Christians, but they will be broken sinners nonetheless. Um, And so, for instance, I'll just give one example of this. When I became a Christian um i 
Uh, I was brought into the faith by you know someone who shared you know shared the gospel with me, and eventually this person went to divinity school, liberal divinity school. They uh, liberal theology being you know, I'm not going to really explain all of it, but essentially other uh, it's not Christianity essentially, and they lost their orthodox faith um, by what they were taught, and I. You know, I was very heartbroken when that person left Christianity to the point where I didn't trust other Christians because this person was the first person that I kind of opened up to. This person was a person that was kind of that, that I was bearing my soul and I felt betrayed when he, you know, left the faith. And so there was this sense in which now I'm not going to trust any of you because I can start bearing my soul to any of you and you guys can lead the faith. And that therefore, you know, begins to, you know, that becomes something that challenges my desire to want to enter into this community more. And so Mm. I dealt with that for a few years before I realized, you know what, man, like these are imperfect people. Some of them may not actually even be saved in the community, but um, I'm going to engage this knowing that. Um, one, I can be confident in who I am. I don't have to worry about, you know, me losing my faith because someone else lost theirs. Yeah, but yeah. Um, there is a sense in which, even though that brokenness is there, um, there's a tremendous, tremendous outpouring of God's spirit through people that's also there. And so, yeah, man, when I when I realized that Christian uh, community wasn't a utopia. That was challenge. That was it. Was some challenges there, essentially. Yeah, man. It can definitely be uh, jarring to see um, just brokenness. Um, and on that note, I think a, a misconception that people have. Um, well, I'll say two. One, um, people tend to think it's exclusive, right? It's like, mm-hmm. oh, you're this Christian club. You know, I don't know if I'm there. You know, right. you know, I'm at the beginning of my spiritual journey. I don't know if this is going to be for me. Like, I don't know as much as you guys know. And we just have to do a better job of <clears throat> making sure that we're um, having a welcome environment, that it's not um, for theologians only, right? It's mm. not. Yeah. Um, it, it's open to people. Um everywhere in their journey and so um christian club doesn't even necessarily mean that it's only for christians right people Mm -hmm. who are not believers in jesus are 100 percent welcome into our communities and so i I want them to feel comfortable Mm -hmm. enough to enter into those spaces because a lot of times like i'll send an invitation to someone who's like yeah you know that's not really my thing and it's like well you know it isn't necessarily for just you know people who consider it to be their thing right because it used to not be my thing too um and yeah. I think that's really the power of community is that um, a group of us just hanging out is really just us hanging out. You know what yeah. I mean? It's not like a Christian hangout, right? We're just hanging. And yeah. so we don't need to, it doesn't need to carry that label um, yeah. of exclusivity. The other thing is um, people tend to uh, see community as a place where they're going to get hurt. And yeah. I hear that, that. That's probably the one I hear the most, man. I don't really rock community because that's where you get hurt because that's where you share and sharing yeah. means that somebody's going to use that against you. Now, if you are afraid of getting hurt and that is your reason for not coming into community, my message to you is you will get hurt, right? That's just part of it. But it's the same way that family is. And a lot of times we compare community to family. And do you ever get in a fight with your mom? Do you ever get in a fight with your dad? Do you ever get in fights with your brothers and sisters? I don't even need to know you to know that that answer is yes. Or, 
or even to, to that point, like a lot of these people are like, I'm trying to find the perfect one for me relationally. <laughs> yeah. But it's like you're not applying that same logic. If you're afraid to get hurt, you're trying to find like your spouse or whatever. Exactly. They're gonna hurt you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We know that. Yeah. And so, we have to look at it as such. This is what you're saying. It's a prerequisite for yeah, community. Exactly. And if you're not getting hurt, then I would say that you're probably not that deep in your community. Right. Yeah. That's how synonymous it is. Yeah. The the point is is that we work through it, right? We mm. work through conflict, and that's what makes us a thriving community. A thriving community is not one that is, where hurt is absent, it's where one is handled, right? Yeah, and so, um, I really want to Tweet encourage that. people <laughs> to, <laughs> to engage in healthy practices that form healthy community, not to mm. avoid it, um, because hurt is just a part of relationship. If you've ever mm. been in deep relationship with anybody, you know, and and I have been, right? You know, so just being married, going on six years, like nobody can hurt me like my wife can hurt me. Mm. But nobody can love me like she can, right? And it just goes hand in hand. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Lord. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it just goes hand in hand. Hurt and and love and as you go deeper with someone the the cuts become deeper as well and so how can we push through it how can we get through it how can we heal from it um is what will make great community Mm. yeah that's so good yeah i think that even speaks to just man this christian community can be so it's unlike anything we've seen before talk about because like sometimes we don't even have a concept of that working through things like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because we when we have a conflict with our family like nobody works through it i said what i said you said what you said right you know if a couple get over it like you know like if you take that to your grave and you're self-conscious for the rest of your life that's your problem like Mm -hmm. i said what i said so this is a working through right you know it kind of reminds me of just like in the early church where Christian community was so strange to the Romans that they talked about them having love feasts and drinking blood. <laughs> they just like, what are these Christians doing? Because they, they they just loved they just loved each other so much, and they were just around each other so much yeah. that the Roman Empire in the early church history had no idea how to classify what they were seeing. Correct, and it's in the same way today, where Christian community is just so different that you know it does create these misconceptions where it's like you just you know going back to your example you think um well i'm not perfect enough to be in community Mm. so i i go because i think that these guys are perfect so for me i'm like okay these guys are gonna be really perfect i realize no they're really broken (laughs) i needed to have a conversation with that guy who thought that they were too perfect not to come. Like, no, these guys are really broken. It's yes. okay. You can be here too. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So it's just, we just have so many false ideas about yeah. what it is. Yeah. You know, there's a saying, um, if you find a perfect community, don't join because you'll ruin it. That's good. People are broken and, mm. and people are messed up. And so um, there is no such thing as perfect, right? Yeah. But, um, it's like God is in the mess and God is in the struggle. Yeah, and I, that's definitely my experience. At, uh, even being at the bridge, um, some of the people that I'm closer to today started out as conflicts, mm. you know, and working through those conflicts together um, as family because we have a uh, we have the same father it has brought us really closer um, together. Yeah, that's um, good. yeah, so good, so good. So now you know, being Christians and we're like, all right, community. All right, we have a foundation. We have an understanding as to why, you know, it's important. Um, how do we as Christians kind of welcome people into community? Hmm. 
how do we welcome the non-believer or even other believers in in a healthy way what should we do yeah i would say a couple two things one is um explaining to people that community is not new right you are already doing it right Mm -hmm. so um when you're at the bar that's community Mm -hmm. you know when you're at the game that's community you know when you're at school that's community when you're you know at the water cooler that's community and so um, I, I never want to paint it in a way that we've created community mm. in a way that's diff, somehow different than the way they are already doing it. Right. And so it's just like, man, but the difference is, is that we are gathering around Christ um, and and that he has established a family, um, you know, when he died on the cross, you know, we died and we become brothers and sisters through him. And um, that's really what makes the difference now the rhythms that we have are natural rhythms right mm-hmm. and so it really kind of take demystifies you know when we talk about community <clears throat> the other thing is um i think just being upfront with brokenness mm-hmm. and so we kind of already touched on that but um really being upfront with vulnerability because a lot of times when people just hear the term christian they automatically think perfection or they automatically mm. think like better than mm. um and in That's good. <clears throat> when i'm in the streets like I, I do so much like i i just have it's like i i could just carry around a laundry list of my sins and just <laughs> hand that out instead of like flyering because i yeah. feel like that's what they need to hear yeah um they think like oh especially if i say oh yeah i'm a pastor all of a sudden it's just like yeah, well, you know, I, I, you know, I'm with my mom, you know, at nighttime, and I help her, and it's like they just yeah. feel this. Let me need. stop cursing. Yeah, quick. it's just like, man. oh, let me put a cigarette out. <laughs> like, so <laughs> <weird>. man. <laughs> they just have all these works that they just run to. Cause it's like, oh man, you know, I gotta be respectful, but it's like, man, I am in need of community just as much as you are, right? Mm-hmm. And being a Christian doesn't mean that I've made it. It means I'm trying to make it. Yeah, and so. Um, and I need you. And that's one of the things that's really powerful that I say. Yeah. And it really hits him. It's just like, I am not inviting you into something that you need from me. Right. Mm. I'm inviting you to something for you. Right. Mm. And I need so it. many quotables, so many <laughs> tweets right now. All right. Go ahead. And when I tell them that I need them, it's just like, for what, though? Have not you arrived? Mm. Right. Because you're the Christian. You're the pastor. And it's just yeah. like, no, I need you, though. You're you are a, a human that I can learn from. Your experience is unique and you will have strengths that I don't have. That's the yeah. beautiful thing about the body. Even that Brian explained, like there is a potential eye, a potential foot that I'm talking to on the street mm. and I'm a hurt, right? Yeah. I need other body parts yeah. in order for us to function. And so um, I think yeah. a lot of times people need to hear their value um, that I am not just trying to get them into AA, you know, or some mm. kind of forum for them to refine their lives. But really, into a place where it's a there's a hole, there's a you. Your name is on a hole in our community, mm. um, and I'm just trying to fill it, right? Yeah. I'm trying to fill a vacancy that has your name on it. That's good. Mm. Yeah, for me, man, I I just really want us to have a sort of a theological. Sorry, that's why they call me Brian. <laughs> Break it down. I, I want to because I, I mean theology affects the way you live. It affects the way you interact with people. Um, as the spirit is applying it rightly to your heart. Um, I would say I, I want us to always remember the gospel. If we do this, right, I think the times where we are most unwelcoming to non-believers are the times where we are forgetting the gospel. Mm, that's a tweet. And when we are becoming very self-righteous, where we forgot that this was, we were bought with a price. This has been given to us by grace. Um, 
that you were once far off and enemies of God and were made alive by his spirit and drawn to him by his spirit and your faith is a gift as Ephesians 2 talks about and so when you remember these truths of the gospel um, it 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 smacks against your prideful rejection of people who you think are caught in the muck and the sin that you so despise and you want no part of so you think i can't have any community with them and it's like you need to recognize that listen you were once again as ephesians 2 saying man following the prince of the power of the air Mm -hmm. air in darkness um and so all right maybe you weren't doing exactly what they did but you were a part of the same worldly um framework of life where you were not submitted to the true god and Uh on the way to a judgment just as similar as they were um and so if when we forget these things when someone comes into the community and they're still in sin or whatever we like you know what i don't I, I don't want to be around them. We get pharisaical, and we have to remember Jesus' words that I did not come for the healthy. I came for the sick. Yep. And so it, the minute you start rejecting the sick is the moment you get off of mission and you forget what Jesus has called us to do. So, I mean, I'm very much like, look, reflect on the gospel until it finds its way into your soul and finds its way into your very core of your being, and it forever changes the way that you interact with people. And so we're not saying you never call people out on sin, that you accept any and everything. You know, we're not saying, you know, to each his own kind of community. No, but we are welcoming people in with the hope that the spirit will begin to bring change from the heart for them. Mm. Mm, That's so good. Yeah, for me, I think um, this is really a call to those, especially if you're a believer. Um, If you don't have a community, you need to get in a healthy community like has been said it is not it is so important and integral for your growth and not just because you have need but you are here for a purpose and other people have need and so you need them and they need you and if you're in a community and you're in a healthy community this is really a call for you to invite others into that community yeah we need to as a church just have open arms for people and really just see people as jesus saw them right yeah, jesus that's went it, that's it. and he would see people and he would have compassion for them because they were like sheep without shepherds mm-hmm. and so that's really our call um when we see people who are even in unhealthy communities like you know how can we have compassion on them and and kind of you know welcome them and maybe be their community for them and i think the second thing would be that there's a difference between transparency and vulnerability big time and mm-hmm. so even as you attempt to join a community or in one yourself and they're not maybe finding growth or successful growth, just notice that there's a difference between kind of uh, being behind a clear wall and letting people into the room. Hmm. And that is is huge. Um, Because you can be open with kind of who you are and the person that you are and not really let people into those places where there's hurt Hmm. um, and not share that place with people. And so those are two very different things and super huge and important when it comes to um, growth in the Christian community. Yeah, and I would say, man, like, 
I, I want us to emphasize it's cool to find a community within a community. Like, mm-hmm. we're not saying as soon as you walk into a church door, the first person you see starts sharing your soul, right? Right. Not that I don't think many people will be tempted to do that. Right. But we are saying, yes, use wisdom, right? Um, it, we recognize that not all things can be shared in in every context, right? But find those people, man. Yes, yes. Find yes. those people. And there are blessings that come from corporate worship, mm-hmm. pe- blessings that come from having a ton of people over, and then having those, because, I mean, even Jesus had his three exactly. within the 12. Mm-hmm. That's right. right. And then he had the large crowds. And then he had the large crowds, yeah. right? Um, so there's that sense in which, yes, you find those people, you find those core ride or dies that you could spill every you know nook and cranny of your soul to mm. but we're we're more so wanting to just say it is extremely important that you do that mm. um like whatever it is you, you might need to work out with the lord in terms of your own pride your own insecurities um work that out your own church hurt definitely work that out but um the potentiality for hurt and betrayal um is not enough to um, not do what's essential. It's almost like, you know, the potentiality for you to, you know, God forbid, choke on some food is not a, a good excuse for you not to eat, right? Like, you need to eat. <laughs> you know, so it's like you need community. Yes, terrible things can happen if you do so, but you, it doesn't negate, negate the fact that you need it. Right. So good, so good. Um, so this is our episode about community. Um, we hope you guys uh, enjoyed it and got something from it. Um, so much to say on this topic, and we're going to continue to say more on it. Um, yeah, and even within you know the community, um, there are unique things that men and women go through, and so we're going to have um, you know women on the show to talk about some of those things, um, and even as we share some of those things from the male perspective. Um, thanks for listening. This is Daniel the Creator signing out. What up, young flappers signing off? Ah, Brian the Theological Giant. Peace, guys. Mm, be blessed. I-